Real so water sports. Yeah. We, we introduced them last week. Um, but we did not tell the people that they're doing a surfboard giveaway. Did you get this info that I sent to you? I did. Thank you. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. It's a pretty incredible way to kick off the partnership. So realwatersports.com slash podcast is where you enter to win. And you, you don't have to be a show supporter. You don't have to support our podcast. This is just for anybody listening who wants to get in on this. Go to realwatersports.com slash podcast. And on, I think it's October 5th, the 4th or the 5th, they're going to be picking one of the names of people who entered there. And that one person gets to select any of their 1500 surfboards from their inventory to get for free, just a completely free surfboard of your choice. That's awesome, man. That is so great. Any board from the real water sports inventory, that's going to be incredible. So that's going to be fun. I can't wait to see, uh, find out who the winners are. We're psyched. And the other thing is their surfboard inventory is unique. They do special collaborations with Chris Christensen. He comes to Florida a few times a year, shapes boards at Ricky Carroll's place. They truck him over to real water sports. Pat Rawson does collaborations with them. Takiyama, Maurice Cole. And when I say collaborations, these are kind of specialty designs that are specific for that, uh, for real water sports. So, yeah. so it's rad. They have all sorts of rad stuff that you just can't find anywhere else. So, well, yeah, I'm super psyched, super stoked on the partnership with our podcast spit and uh, real water sports. So, and then trip, one of the owners, co-founders um, is going to be at the boardroom show, of course, at the end of this month. Yeah. And he's going to be judging the icons of foam with Roger Hines, who's surfboard I have right behind me. And um, Pat Ross. And of course is the honoree. So trip will be in attendance. And then of course I will have a booth there for the podcast and we have merch and I'm going to have some NVS fins on display as well. Surf NVS is a longtime sponsor and they have fins at real water sports as well. Actually, it's all, it's all overlapping, Scott. Yeah. And um, I think need essentials is right next to you. I was going to ask you about the location that works out perfectly. Then thank you. You betcha. So, Looking forward to it. Boardroom show. Are you? Yeah. So NVS fins, surfnvs.com and see us at the boardroom show and at real water sports. Thanks Scott. Okay, and one more time, that's realwatersports.com slash podcast. Nailed it. As we see, some movement at the takeoff zone. It's Kelly Slater grabbing rail. A clean entry. This thing holding open. It spits. Uh, when it spit me, I thought it was going to spit me off my board. Comes out with the spit. Spits him out. Comes out after the spit. Gets spat out of another good-looking wave here. Spit. 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 We're just spitballing, right? Yeah, I got Yeah, guy. Yeah, guy. Welcome, everybody. It is spit, and it is the month of September 2021. I think, I want to say, could it be this time next week we have a world champion, David? And it could be in, yes, absolutely. It could be in fewer days than that, as a matter of fact. We'll report on it then, but it could happen tomorrow, as soon as tomorrow. Really? Do you think they're going to pull the trigger? on tomorrow you tell me you're the forecaster what does it look like it's funny i'm scrambling to go to the <laughs> to go to surfline from what website. i from what i hear it's going to run monday uh sunday or monday it's been kind of pumping i've been looking at it every day and i mean you know it's relative some days it's three to five some days it's five to six 
some days it's off wind wise, but um, we've had some last couple of days. We've had some south swell. It's been kind of meager here in San Diego, but I know it's been easily chest high up at Lars. It has, but the question, it can fluctuate kind of from day to day, like you said. And if there is a day on the schedule that's supposed to be eight feet, then why not just target that day? Well, is, are they not targeting the eight foot day? Is that what you're saying? Or? No, that's my point is that's why I think they're waiting till Sunday, Monday. I actually didn't look at the forecast, um, but just from what people are saying, they said Sunday, Monday. So I don't know what it exactly looks like, but um, it says here, best surf in the next seven days is Wednesday, which is what that would be today or next Monday, Tuesday. So, so okay. next Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, it looks like Monday. Because better winds. Got it. Oh, west, southwest. That's not good. Southwest winds. We want north winds there. Yeah. Um, but they're light. They're like six to eight miles per hour with 10 mile per hour gusts from the west, southwest. We've had no weather at all recently, so... How much actual time do they need eight hours to do? It's a both great question. It's a great question. I can't imagine. Can't imagine it would take eight hours. I mean, I guess you would have seven heats on either side, potentially as many as seven heats. So it'd only be 14 heats total. So 14 times 40 minutes. Think they're going to be 40 minute heats. No, I think there'd be 30 minute heats. Hey, this time it's your dog barking, not mine. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Come in. Sit. <laughs> <laughs> What's he barking Good at? Boy. My son. Oh. Uh, he doesn't know who your son is by now? Um, oh yeah, he knows. <laughs> he's barking That's why he's at barking. him anyway. No, they, they love each other. They're good buddies. But so, um, I guess if they were gonna run a full 14 heats, that would be seven hours. Seven hours, right? yeah. That's seven um, hours. But they might not run all four. Am I, am I even doing that math right? I don't know. Let's. Yeah, that's thirty minutes. Five, that's thirty minutes. Five against four, then four oh. against three, three against two, and then two against one would have potentially three heats. So that'd be six heats on either side, on the men's side and the women's side. So twelve heats total potentially, and because the final showdown is the best of three, so you can get that done in two. Um, so that'd be six hours total. If they start at eight a.m. It'll be over by two. Ah, all right. Well, then that's good because, yeah, the winds will be the worst at like 3 p.m. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But look, four feet of swell. The only problem is it's it's not really a problem for lowers, but it's a 19-second interval on Monday. The interval drops slightly on Tuesday, which is better. And the wind is a little more southwest not so much west southwest but it's always light like it's it's in that seven to nine mile per hour range which even with the south texture is kind of doable it, the laughs yeah. will be fine what's your did you watch any of the free surf footage yeah look i've seen it all we've all seen it all we've know. seen it all yeah we've seen it all what i mean you haven't seen guys the best surfers in the world surf five foot lowers we see it every day all day so you didn't actually watch it. You've seen it in the past, no. therefore you didn't watch it this time. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying I saw a little highlight reel from Morgan and he looked insane. 
He looked really good. But I mean, they all look good when there's no jersey on and they're like, everyone's watching me. Check this out, you know? So what if I fall? But he looks solid. Morgan Sibelic looks solid. Morgan, I would kind of be okay with Morgan. Just, I like the underdog story. And I know that, you know, there might be a, like, we might put a spit asterisk next to his championship. Yeah. I, so I um, posted footage of them a week ago now. So there's been a lot of surfing since then, but each of the guys other than Idolo was already there. So I posted clips that they had posted on Instagram, just side by side. So you can kind of make an assessment. And Morgan, I agree with you. I, I looked at Morgan. I'm like, he's got a certain pizzazz and it might just be because we haven't really seen him surf that much. Whereas everything that Felipe does, you're just expecting to see a bigger, better version than what we've ever seen before. Morgan's was all fresh. And, um, but I don't, after I thought about that, I was like, he still doesn't go to the sky in the same way that those other guys do. And he's, he's really complete and it looks radical, but if he doesn't throw a huge air in the combination, I don't know where that would, you know, line up against Idolo, Gabe and Philippe. I would agree that, that his air game's sort of a B minus relative to those other guys where you're just like, relative. whoa, Felipe and yeah. Idolo just did 15 rotations and drank a beer before they landed, you know? <laughs> Whereas Morgan, you're, he's like, okay, yeah, he's three feet above the air. And he, it looks like he was working to make it all come together where it wasn't quite as like loosey goosey, free flowy, but we'll see, you know, I think you're right though. There is something to be said for not having seen Morgan so much. I, the clips that I saw of him, and it might've been what you posted actually, they looked, um, they looked, what it looked like to me was that he was appreciating the place that he was in. Like he was taking advantage of it. Like he was, he was loosey goosey. He knows he's got nothing to lose. He has to go into that heat. Like what I could lose in 15 minutes or I could win. And, you know, like I could just blow doors in 15 minutes and put everyone on notice that I'm here to, you know what I mean? And I can see that happening in his first heat. Yeah, yeah. I'm loose. Why not be loose? The thing is, can he be loose when it's five against two or, you know what I mean? Like when it's like, so let's, let's do the math. He'll still be that loosey goosey guy. Let's do the math. Morgan versus Connor. Who do you got? Morgan. Okay. I agree with you there. So then Morgan would draw Felipe. Morgan has to not give a shit. He's got to go out there and just be like, he almost needs to go to Felipe and hug him before the heat and tell him he loves him. Totally. Start working the mind games. Give him some mind Jedi Slater action. So, I mean, really you, you would always bet on Felipe in that scenario at lowers. You would. But we we have seen Felipe um, buckle under pressure at times. Like he'll draw heats that you think he could smoke, uh, competitors you think he could smoke, and he just simply – I'm trying to think of what it was most recently where he got you know a big score and then couldn't get the backup score of a four. And we've seen that happen to him over the years somewhat frequently. And so if it happened on it, – it'd be a shocker for it to happen on that day, I suppose, especially at that venue. Well, let me ask you this. So I think about the Morgan Felipe heat and I say to myself, what kind of rocks Felipe's world a little bit? And I'm going to, I want to pose this to you. Do you think that the first section at lowers on the right is an aerial section? Can Morgan go to the air right away while Felipe is out the back watching him real close and land something crazy because I think that's what has to. You can't wait until the end of the wave or the middle of the wave or whatever to do your air. 
to beat Felipe, you need to be in the air on the first turn so that he's like, oh, shit, I guess I got to do it too now. And then you kind of got to hope that Felipe is scattered enough that he maybe has a moment where he just, you know, he fails. Yeah, I agree with you. I could see a huge club sandwich on that first section or, yeah, big air over the top. And but I honestly, I think that's what Felipe will be bringing to the game. And Morgan, if Morgan tries to level up to that, he's the one who's ultimately going to buckle under the pressure, not Felipe. So if you're his coach, do you because part of me is like saying, okay, if I'm coaching him, I'm like, look, here's the deal. I don't give a shit if you lose this heat, but I will be mad if you don't give it your all right away from from the outset. And so I want you to catch the first wave of the set. I need you to catch the first wave of the set. I need your legs to be springy and fresh. And I need you to be invigorated. And I want to see a big first turn aerial right away on the first wave of the set, because we kind of have to, we kind of have to say, Hey, we're here to win. You can't be chasing Felipe from behind. If Morgan beats Connor and Felipe, that's a huge win. And he loses then to Idolo in the next heat. He's already won the day. That is a win for Morgan. Yeah. That's almost his final. Like that yeah. Felipe heat. <laughs> We're totally running yeah. off Connor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? They could save 30 minutes. They just kind of, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll come back to Connor. Um, here's what my, that was good advice that you gave, but here's my advice to Morgs. Yes, sir. Connor, he's going to be looking at those rights. He's going to be looking to go haymakers on the rights and you're going to beat him, but we will have watched a bunch of rights four scoring waves on the rights. Here's what you do. Opening minute of round of heat number two, go for a set wave on the left, smash it three times as hard as you possibly can. You'll get a nine point ride on that. And now Felipe's back is against the wall. You're, you're saying no, that's no. No, no, I'm not doubting it. I'm just taking it in. I'm taking in what you're saying. I'm saying, to I'm myself, saying are they going to give him a nine with three or four smashing vertical left turns without getting into the air? You think they're going to drop nines? So short, shorter lefts that are compact and going just straight one, two, three. Yeah, I think they go to the nine range. Eight, eight high, high eights for sure. You don't think they want to, they want to save the nines for, you know, all of the air stuff. I mean, I don't know. That surprises me. I could see them going seven point eight. Go to the take powerful. I'm not saying in the past. I'm saying they've got to be looking at it like the whole thing gets raised a level, you know, like, are we really going to give out a nine if somebody doesn't do something fabulous in the air? True. It might be in the eight range, but even still that puts the pressure. It's um, it's a safer, it's a, it's a safer yeah. way to surf. It's a shorter yeah. thing. It's a quick solution yeah. to an eight. And you're right. Maybe not nine, but there's a long track record of them giving eights to that exact ride from this year alone. Go to Australia, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I guess you, to employ that strategy, we have to just kind of see how it's going throughout the day regarding where the judges are at on their scale. With with well, this is heat number two. Then you don't get you don't you get one heat to kind of go. Mm, it looks like they are going to give an eight for that three banger left. Good news is it's a short paddle out. If you get that done in the first minute or two, and you don't get the answer you wanted, go back to how you beat Connor. Okay, let's say you do three big bangs. You get a six point eight. You're disappointed, and Felipe just took off on a right just killed it, did whatever he needs to do, and gets gets an 8.8. Now, yeah, you're in that position, I don't want Morgan in, which is having right. to play catch-up to Felipe. I'd yep. rather we lose in the first minute. I'd rather him fall on some big, massive 
outside aerial maneuver and just be like, okay, I was going to play catch up anyway. At least I set out to not play catch up, but to, to have the game plan be, okay, I'm ready to play catch up. I just don't think three, it's, a three banger left is going to be enough. It's hard to your, for your strategy to be, we're going to beat Felipe at his own game. That's a hard I, argument to make. I'm just saying, look, if you want to be the world champion, you got to do something massive on the outside right now against whoever. Let's combine what we both said. Go left, huge rotor on the first section. Land that, bang, bang, nine. I like that. I, I just want, what if it's a right or a left, I just want a big move on the first turn. I mean, big it's out, funny. Outside the wave. We're talking about, it sounds so far-fetched to think of Morgan doing that on his backhand, on his you know opening section. But you think of Felipe and Idolo, that's what they do on the first section. That's just standard practice. That's what I'm for saying. Like, do you, yeah. like, why play catch up? Like, we know they're going to go there. That, you're either at this level or you're not. We're going to find out right now. So go do it. Yeah. Gabe and Idolo are doing that. Period. You know what I mean? What, what good is it to have six 7.5s when your Agreed. guy's got six nines? Dude, trust me. This is what we complain about all year long for the first three opening rounds of every event, you know? Yeah. Like, come on. Like, this is it. Like, this is like, Nair beans over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so back, we should give Connor a little bit of love. And the way that I think we could couch it is it would be an amazing underdog upset story. And the first California champ, right? Since Tom Curran. Yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, maybe is there a woman that we're missing that was a California? No, no, I can't since, think of since any. Tom Curran? No, Lisa. So. No, no, Lisa. Um, Lisa Anderson's Lisa. from Florida. Oh, <laughs> isn't that part of California? <laughs> she feels I mean, like they're lived, all from California. She's lived in California forever, but yeah. Uh, Ormond beach, Florida. Yeah, that's right. All right. Um, so Connor, give Connor a little Connor. bit of love. Give okay, me, Connor. Okay, I know I'm going to make you work for this. I can yes, see the are. smoke already coming out. <laughs> yes, um, what is Connor's strength and selling point? And as his coach, what do you tell him to do? Which is Glenn micro hall. It's a huge well, it, Here's the first thing I would say is that Connor has proven us wrong all year long. Like, has he done? Kind of. Are you? You're saying you weren't surprised that he's done this well? I mean, yeah, but he hasn't won an event. Like well, he look, hasn't. He did, where did he do good? It was either Newcastle or Narrabeen. He made the finals. I think it was at Narrabeen. Okay, and he was going left, and he was kind of killing it, but in a very kind like of like I said, like way. I said, two I turns, no, he eight was point doing, ride. No. He was doing that. That's that's yeah. right. But they got to they got to change that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we were all surprised. I think, but it was kind of like, wow, look at Connor. He's ripping shit. Eight, <laughs> you know. But if it well, was Felipe, you'd be like six. I've said this before. Um, when you go back and look at that event, he was not even the, in the top like three or four scores of the event. He made it through heats with low heat totals he made it through heats with 11s and 12s whereas there was other surfers losing heats with 14 point totals you know so connor did what he had to do he made the final he earned it but it wasn't the most impressive surfing of the event it wasn't even like the top three most impressive but, but when we think about what advice as you as you suggested i give him some and you think about narabin like and we think about connor what is connor surfing connor is a power surfer Let's just stay there. Let's not like try to go to the air. Let's try to like, so I say, look, go left 
and throw that big hacking power fins out gaff off the top on the left three times, which is kind of what you're saying. Like you got to set the table with that. Then let's get a big power hack right going on the inside section. I'm going to need you to do a little area, a little credit card area, a little bassy scale. Almost don't, you know, almost avoid it completely. Yeah, Just, maybe. I mean, he's done like a couple tail sliding smashes into the end, like a power slide. That yeah, looks like super a sick. Drop wallet power slide thing. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, that's really, and then just, I guess you kind of got to hope the other guy falls. <laughs> a terrible know. strategy, coach. <laughs> terrible strategy. I mean, hey, so the bad, good news is you can like, do some turns. The bad news is we're relying on the other person to fail at doing their turns. They may, re they may reward big power. A lot of it too is like, depends on the surf, right? Like if it's eight feet and the swell direction is setting up that right hook you know, he can do three power gouging right hook turns and finish it off with something and, and easily get an 8.3 or something. And so, yeah, I mean, that keeps him in there. And I don't, I don't mean to say, let's hope the other guy falls, but let's hope the other guy gets 7.8. You know, like we talk about him being a power surfer, which is all it's true, but is he a more powerful surfer than Gabriel Idolo? The answer is no to both those. You could even argue Felipe's power game has been elevated. Look at the footage from Margaret River. His frontside power hacks are gnarly. And Morgan, I mean, he's coming up there. He's not as gnarly as Connor, but he's got a similar. It's not as yeah. gnarly, I guess. Yeah, Morgan kind of reminds me of Chloe when Chloe was like yeah. 22 or something. It's a little too small still. So here's one really kind of incriminating um, bit of stats yeah. yeah stats did you see sevis studios on instagram this is a longtime listener of ours his name's joe uh s-a-e-v-u-s so savis or sevis oh yeah 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 but he does all these um he calls them the bottom line and it shows the recap of an event by the numbers he does the illustrations they're always really oh yeah uh, yeah he does a great really clever great yeah they're always really clever the illustrations but what's more interesting is the numbers that he chooses to analyze. They aren't the obvious stuff, but they're actually really telling. So after um, or going into the finals, here's the men's bottom line numbers. Gabriel, two event wins, 24 heat wins, you know, 15 claims. It's kind of funny. Number of tubes made, number of waves ridden. But here's where it gets interesting. Number of excellent rides for Gabriel Medina, 18. Number of excellent rides for Idolo, nine. Number of excellent rides for Felipe, 14. Number of excellent rides for Morgan Siblick, eight. Number of excellent rides for Connor Coffin, three for the whole season, which I think they call eight and above excellent, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Number of excellent heats, so meaning a pair of eights. Gabriel has four. Idolo has three. Felipe has the most with five. Morgan has two, Connor Coffin, zero. Yeah. He has zero 16-point totals throughout the thing. Wow. Now, now this will tell you something. Number of airs landed, 56 for Gabe, 45 for Idolo, 21 for Felipe, zero for Morgan and for Connor. That's a huge hole in their game. Wow, we just saved a whole hour. <laughs> I mean, just that sums it up, right? The, so the entire season on tour. You didn't land you know there. 
You know what that really sums up is why Lowers is a bad spot to end this thing. Because you and I and everyone else want Morgan and Connor to have a chance to win the world title. And they would at Pipeline. You got to admit, I, not I saying disagree. that their tube game is greatest, but it, but at least you take the air equation out of the picture and it turns I, into who's got, so yeah. I agree with that, but I don't agree with, we want them to have a chance to win the world title. In this <laughs> asinine, in this asinine scenario that they conjured up that is fraught with flaw yeah now we want him to have a chance to win a world title because it'll kind of show how asinine the scenario is but they didn't earn their way into winning a world title like by all by mathematical measures they were not going into the final event with having accumulated enough points to have a shot at the world title so if this finals day scenario wasn't taking place and the final event of the season was at pipeline into that event we always are able to say Kelly's got an outside, I think in 2019, Kelly has an outside shot in fifth place, but these other people have to lose and he would have to win. Then Jordy has a pretty outside shot with fourth place. And, but it's mathematically, they've earned their chance at winning a world title on this day. There's a lot that has to happen for them to do that, but they have a chance. This isn't that scenario. This was predetermined from the beginning of the season. We're giving five people the chance, no matter what. And there's three two of them at least, I don't know if Felipe had enough points or not, that were just mathematically way outside of the running. So they should not have a shot at Gabe. They haven't earned it. And by the way, they can keep doing the finals day format in the future. Just don't mandate that there has to be five surfers in it. They could just say whoever earns their way into it. And by the way, maybe nobody does. So Gabe gets a full free surf day at lowers, you know, that's not good for business. No, but it's a final day. It's certainly well, look, not. Good I, for all business. I was saying is that, was that within this context, like I'm not, I agree with you that the totally. system's flawed, but within this context, if it was in eight foot Puerto Escondido, totally. all five guys have a chance. Yep. And that's all I'm saying is like, if it was at eight foot Kandui left, all five guys have a chance. And, and that's all I'm saying. Although I bet at Kandui left, I could see those guys, Elo and Gabe busting airs on that last crazy section. Anyway. Yeah, they they they'd have a little bit more equal ground. It would actually just mix things up even more because Felipe would be nullified. You know, I, like he has a chance at a lot of spots in the world, except those that you just named. Well, that's He'd be the. I mean, that's fine if you can't surf eight foot cloud break, then or whatever, then you're, you know, totally. And I guess that's what people would be saying about lowers. Well, if you can't do an aerial, then blah blah blah. But anyway, well, I just want thing. waves of consequence. These are the world's best. We don't put them out in the goat tr- goat cart track. Is that what it is? Go cart track, uh, as you've met, as you've mentioned many times. And um, let's put them out on the friggin' Indy Formula One track in uh, the best possible waves. And that's the problem, I think, with the way things have gone for so long now. Is there's kids? Maybe there's not kids listening, but there's kids <laughs> out there who would defy whatever you're saying they're like no doing airs is just as valid and relevant as getting barreled on eight foot waves because that's all they know and they grew up on beach breaks you know yeah you and they and the, they grew up can't they grew up the watching the ultimate run the asylum i know but that's the way i feel in all of life right now is that i'm the cynical old man pointing at the kids going hey these lunatics they've got mental illness and they're coming up and they don't even understand anything you know get off and they're of just my like, lawn. Nope. yeah exactly and they're like no this is the way it is nowadays well, 
anyway, it'll, it's going to be a fun day. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm just now thinking I got to clear Monday, I think. I think it's going to be on Monday. Don't clear anything, dude. Don't clear anything. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Let I can't you? clear anything. I'm so busy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. So on the women's side, Scott, I'm going yeah. Carissa. I'm Me going too. Carissa. It's a no-brainer. There, it's a no-brainer. So I love Stephanie Gilmore. We all love us some Stephanie Gilmore. You mean and, the Princess Diana of surfing? Well, you got to pick Princess Di versus Mother Teresa. Let's Mother get real. Teresa wins every time. You got to give it to Mother Teresa. Because Mother Teresa. exactly. So Princess Di, sure, we can love her, but it's a lot of uh, pomp and circumstance with, with Lady Di. Yeah. There's a lot it's, of like cucumber sandwiches, you know, like thin little cucumber sandwiches and spots of tea. You know, Whereas Mother, Mother Teresa, Teresa brings empathy and compassion, unconditional love. We need Mother more Carissa. Like Mother Carissa for the win. Um, I would like to see Steph get eight at some point, but I think Carissa surfing is just over the, it's had head and shoulders over everybody else's on tour this year. There's years where she um, has inconsistency. You know, it's still, she's always, she's kind of always the best, but then there's inconsistency. I feel like this year she's just smashing. So I give it to her. Big win for Chris. What about Tati? I part of me is like Tati wears the black hat, so I'd like to see her in the final against Carissa. And speaking then just of inconsistency, gets, just gets smoked. Yeah. Speaking of inconsistency, though, like Tati um, falls a lot, yeah, and she just doesn't execute when it's crunch time. Know. You know, so know. she has some brilliant moments. I remember when yeah. she we had we had uh, PT on the on spit one time years ago and she was coming out of the juniors and i was like dude scott you got to look at tati and you're like no way who gives a crap there's a million hot surfers coming up i'm not paying attention and pt was like no she is the real deal and i feel i feel like she's but only she's half not, delivered. She's i know she's only if she's inconsistent she's not the real deal. there's only one real deal and that's the world champion well there's a lot of real deals then because there's no. a lot of world champs. No, there's only uh, one every year. There's one world champ every year. That's the real deal. Everyone else is just faking it. Um, we've got a couple of listener feedbacks if you want to get uh -oh. into those. Sure. Um, well, first of all, are you back in the water yet? I'm kind of am. It's still painful. Uh, I went to the foot doctor today and I'm getting an MRI. Oh, no. Do you think yeah, there's something wrong? It's not as bad as it sounds. They just want to okay. make sure there's nothing weird in there. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong. I, my foot is a nuisance and it's bothersome when I surf and I don't surf. I'm, I'm not dancing with joy when I'm riding waves. Let's put it that way. Um, is that what you're normally doing? Yeah, yeah. Dancing with joy. Absolutely. I thought you were surfing with dignity. Yeah, I'm tossing pizzas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember, I don't know, it must have been probably 10 years ago, but I was surfing and I think it was Eric Snortum and Bert, Ryan Birch. And they're like, yeah, we saw you tossing pizzas. And I was like, I didn't even know what it meant. You never like, heard that before? No, no, I was completely clueless. This was like 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah, I was like old guy that didn't know the new the new jargon. I think and it's like, old jargon. Mean? I think they were trying well, to connect with was. you. But, they're, but they're, I'm like, what do you mean? And Birch is like, you know, <laughs> tossing pizzas. <laughs> no, you know who I remember it that phrase being associated with was chris brown central uh, cal chris brown like yeah. he would do these cutbacks and like he'd have his arms like a certain way and it looked like he was like 
yeah, tossing pizzas. And I feel like somebody even made a little graphic or maybe it was just Photoshopped in the magazine with him like holding two pizzas in his hand or spinning them or something. Uh, um, maybe it was a compliment. Maybe I was getting a Chris Brown compliment. I took it like, oh God, I'm wanking and these, these kids are calling me out. I probably deserve it. I mean, it could be like anything else where they use it one way. I'm interpreting it a different way. You're interpreting it a third way, you yeah. know? Um, anyway, I think I always thought I was talking. I was, yeah. I was also thought about Shane Dorian petting the kitty. Shane Dorian always, whenever he's going front side, his back arms like this, like whether he's pumping off the bottom, pumping down the line, doing a front side cutback, anything, he's constantly going like this. Well, the other one is Andy. Like Andy, the whole thing when we were at Surfer Magazine, the thing was, was like he was holding the bag. He's like holding the shopping, holding the shopping bag with his front arm. Like really? when you see him, yeah, he's like, he's always holding the, he's holding the shopping bag. Like he's, he's got a bag in his hand. <laughs> that is hilarious. Bag of you know groceries. What, you know, what's funny. Um, Maybe it was dad, his back arm. I'm trying okay. to, I can't even envision it. I know. I'm going to, I'm going to try to pull up a picture and show you. And would it be front side or backside? Doesn't matter. Kind of front side. Okay. It's funny if you block out uh, kind of what they're, surfing is doing and just look at that one back arm or whatever it looks hilarious you know just watching yeah. shane keep going like this when you don't see the motions that his board is making it just looks silly um go ahead i'm listening okay um back to your injury why not just okay stay? wait here we go i don't know if you can see this this is kind Andy. of Oh yeah, shopping cart or shopping bag. Totally. That's the shopping bag in that that right front, arm. Front side turn. It's is that snapper. But there's a better, there's better ones of him where you, where you would just be like, oh yeah, he's holding the shopping bag. Look at him. So I think I need to envision I need to visualize that while I'm surfing from now on. The shopping bag? The shopping bag. So it's what? his back arm, by the way. What would wave key? Wave key. He'd, wave be, key. Disappoint, he'd be disappointed in the back arm. It's bag. not part of his teaching. I'll tell no. you that. Um, but I am going to start thinking about that while I'm going through maneuvers, keep that back arm cocked. Maybe yeah. I should just carry a shopping bag with me into the lineup. There's another one. Totally. And that's a di totally different maneuver, but it's the same exact arm. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. Ricky this... Irons would just get so bombed. We'd be like, oh yeah, he's holding the shopping bag. He's like, oh, so he's got good style. What are you talking about there? He does. It doesn't. And so does no, Shane. I love it. I love Andy Irons. Yeah. Style. He's insane. He's the one and only. Are you kidding me? Long live. They all yeah. have killer style. Just yeah, it's a little just... anomaly. And Makes relative to my crappy pizza tossing, it's really good style. Now you're going to be protecting a big toe every time you go surfing. <laughs> oh my God. What's that going to look like? <laughs> it doesn't look good. Does not um, look good. So why not just stay off it? Why not just Actually, take like two months you, off? Send you a hideous clip. No way. I, that's what my doctor said today. He's like, "Well, we could take some more time off." And I'm like, "Dude, I'm 190 pounds. Come on, help me out. Uh, bro. Rely on take advice from John. John, dude, cancel the rest yeah, of the season, he's, Scott. He's, I'm. I can't afford to cancel the season. Um, but how are you going to handle at the boardroom show? Should we get one of those little well, things you put weird. your knee on? No, no, no. I can walk. I can play pickleball. I can play golf. I can do everything wow. but surf because it's this little nub of my, like, if this is my big toe, it's this little nub right here. Okay. 
know. So it's only like when you're kind of tilting onto it. When I tilt onto my, it's like a front bunion. It's like a bursa sack on underneath my big toe. So when I lean, yeah. That clips, I mean, your little, is that a little bobble to your feet on that clip? Yeah, bobble to my feet, kind of got it together. The re-entry isn't ugly. I mean, no, that's, re- that's why I sent it. I wouldn't send it. Oh, okay. That's me tossing pizza. But the bobble is right there. I'm like, my toe hurts. Oh, my toe hurts. Oh, man. You should have done an air right there, Scott. That was, that was an such air. an that air, was section. air. Check. Double check that. That was, that was thinnest, such an air section. Thinnest of credit cards. You don't know how stoked I am on that turn. I'm like, dude, check this out, bro. It's a good turn. <laughs> um, okay. So in terms of listener feedback, well, yeah. one or listener emails, one email came through. This is one that's come through quite a bit over the years. Uh-oh. And we've discussed it once or twice, but I want you to revisit the conversation for everybody who has. Let me get a it. drink real quick. Yeah, got drink. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com slash surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm back. I'm back. I got a, got a coldie. Coldie? No, like a cold? Camplemus uh, LaCroix. Nice. I go through a 12 or a day. Easy. Do you really? Me and my friends have competitions. We send each other pictures of our trash cans. <laughs> They're just filled with LaCroix. <laughs> Glad I'm not on that thread. Um, my neighbor's mowing his lawn. Can you hear that? Is it disruptive? No, it doesn't bother me at all. I don't even hear okay. it. Okay, good. Um, okay, back from commercial, Scott. So, listener, uh, I don't have to read it, but I'll just give you the gist. He wants to know what to do with his gigantic catalog of surf magazines that he has been lugging around from one house to the next and it's an impressive collection he's got a few issues missing but he's got years and years and years of a full complete surfer magazine collection what do you do scott i think did you see my reply to this yeah okay so i kind of forget exactly what i said but the bottom line my advice is throw them away unless you have a complete collection, really the ones that the surfer magazines that are of value are number one to say 1980, those sixties and seventies. 
And I say that because I know for a fact that we have digital versions, whoever owns Surfer Magazine, there's multiple digital versions of say 1980 to present or whenever they went under. There's, they're out there, digital versions of them everywhere, but it's the ones that weren't digitized, which is 1960 to 1980, more or less. And even some of the 70s ones were digitized. They did send them to get digitized, I believe. But my point is, unless you have a full collection, no missing issues, uh, I would just throw them away. But um, his... If you have old 60s ones, you want to keep them. His were like 70, like 1980 on. I, I, I fully hear you. But his question wasn't about the value. His thing was, I cannot stand to see these things go to the recycler. Well, then keep them. What's the question? His, the question was, I haven't looked at these in years and I've been lugging them around. Now I'm going to make another move and I don't want to move them again. But there's got to be this. This is gold. This was so meaningful. This is a sentimental, sentimental conundrum. This is our childhood. Do you throw your childhood away or do you just lug it around everywhere because that it's an emotional blanket that feels good? Throw it away. You want to feel good. Liber liberate yourself from that crap. Man, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Stack over there. Right over there. Of, of surfers? Yeah. Surfers, surfing, trans world surf, like everything. I understand that. I Look, we all face this conundrum. I'm a little older than you guys. I'm older than he is. I know. Not by much, but he's probably about your age. And I was at this place. And it takes you a couple of years to finally go, I'm over it. Get rid of them. Throw them away, honey. And she throws them away because she's the one that really wants them out of there. Exactly. So you so, get rid of them and you don't ever even remember that you had them. And now you've got room for whatever groovy thing she wants to put there. Yeah. Some contraption for the kitchen that also doesn't get used. Doesn't matter. KitchenAid mixer. Doesn't matter. You say, I love that thing, honey. Good work. You've got to learn from the Scott Bass School of Right Answers. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's a thing. Um, Okay, well, um, that could be a whole would, segment. So you you've never missed them once, then is what it comes down to. Never missed them once. Yeah, that's never a that's a sad them. thing for me to accept. Never um, missed them once. All right, now the surfers journal are different. Why the is that? The surfers journal is different because, to me, it's obviously it was a quarterly, or I think they did it like I don't know. They might have, at one point I think they did eight issues a year or something like that. But point is, is that. Super high quality coffee table magazine, glossy, thicker, thicker paper quality. The stock is nicer, right? And the writing is not that the, the writing in Surfer is really, really good. Don't get me wrong. I don't mean it like that. But from a research standpoint, well, even research could be argued Surfer is really good. I'm just saying that if you have from a coffee whole, table standpoint, if you have a whole collection of Surfer's Journal, two things. First, you have to have room for it so that you can display them completely and nicely. Like with surfers, they're thin, man. You you lay those around and if somebody puts a drink on them, before you know it, they're torn and they're done. Surfers Journal, you're not going to stick your drink on it because you're like, oh, that could be like Architecture Digest, you know, or like, they, like that means something to this person when you go to their house. If you have room for an entire Surfer's Journal collection, you display it proudly so that people can go up and reach on your bookshelf and take it down and peruse through it and, and have discourse about what's inside of it. That's I exactly what the, list, what the listener said to the emailer. He said he's actually 
has like a library kind of set up in his new house and he's going to display his surfer journals for the first time ever. Those were in bins as well. And he's yes. been waiting for an opportunity to display. Perfect. Them. No, that's so. what you need to do. Those are worthy of, of perusing. Again, look, we all love to look through old surfers too. I'm just saying the quality of the stock is really what it's coming down to here. The paper stock is, isn't good enough to display them. So they're going to sit in boxes forever. Anyway, burn them, throw them away. Tell them you're doing, tell her you're doing it for her. And uh, you're, you'll be so in a good place. If surfer's journal is collectible, showcaseable, surfer was ephemera, essentially. What is our podcast? If you put a, if you put a coffee cup on the surfer magazine, at least there was something to put the coffee cup on. Our podcast well, is just out in the ether. So, well, what podcasts are, it's much like comedians. Comedians can never go and do their old content, you know, repeat their content. Like you're not going to buy a ticket to go see Jim Gaffigan and be excited that he's going to give you old content, right? Now, musicians, obviously, you're like, killer. I hope they play all the oldies. You're stoked, right? And um, podcasts are like that, too. We just simply can't. Nobody really wants to listen to the same show more than more than once so uh call me when it's six foot and perfect is retired <laughs> what is, is that what you mean no that's what you or, no, that, or that, put the put the best surfers in the best waves we got to retire that one too <laughs> we keep going there huh god i know that's so funny I, <laughs> we need some new shtick i get what Look, you're we're saying just, though totally we're just stating the fact you know it's cliche because it's true Okay, well, uh, we've got a scales of justice that came in, but I'm going to read it to you this time. Okay. If I get Wait a minute, you got to set it up. You got to set it up, right? What? Scales of justice <laughs> with Honorable Judge David bass, Lee Scales. We're going to do the bass. It only works bass, with scales of justice. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a different one. Your though. last name. Well, I'm going to read it to you anyways. All right. Um, if I get barreled, but the nose of my board doesn't, does it count? That's, this isn't really a scales of justice. It's not. Right? No, no, it's, it's not. not. We need to, because scales of justice are, I'm going to provide you with a scenario that took place and you need to, you know. You I don't to mean wait. to diminish the scales of justice, but that's yeah. a solid question from a listener. Does it count? He, get, he got barreled, but the nose of the board didn't. So most of the board was in, presumably. No, because he didn't get barreled. Doesn't he count. Got, he, got tubed. he got tubed. You might have got a head dip. You got tubed, but you're not barreled. Unless, yeah, there's a lot Pocket of things he get, that happened to him, but barreled isn't one of them. The judge has rendered his decision. I agree with you. Um, did you see? Now, I have a scales of justice for you, though. Do you? Yeah. Oh, so okay. I need the. Here's my case, Your Honor. I was out surfing at a reef spot that has a very small takeoff zone. Very, very small. Like. Only three guys can fit in the real takeoff spot at this little ledgy reef. And I'm surfing with two other guys. It's me and two other guys. I don't know them. I don't even know if that matters or not. Maybe it does. It probably does. And I paddle out and I sit and I wait my turn. And those two guys are up next, right? A little wave comes. The guy who's up, it was too small for him to catch it. He just, he passed. He waved his hand and passed. His buddy turned paddled really hard and i turned too, going if he you know and he paddled 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 and barely didn't catch the wave and i didn't catch it either so 
the next wave comes literally the next wave in the set and he turns and he paddles for it. And I of course go, dude, you just, you're according to me, judge, your honor, this guy's in the penalty box. Like it's not his turn anymore. He dug hard, hundred percent dig and he failed. So I turned and I went, and of course he caught the wave too. And we had that, you know, I looked for what, you know, and he's like, and I was like, and we kicked out and, and um, actually he, I rode the wave a little while. And so I was like 20 yards away from him. And so I paddled back out to this very small little takeoff zone where we're all just shoulder to shoulder. He's like, and I'm like, what, you know, like, so your honor, I need to know, please pass judgment. I'll take your, I'll take your, um, you know, I, with, with grace and dignity, I will take your decision here. But, um, you know, was I in the wrong for, for going on that wave, even though he was on the inside, but he had, of course, had his chance at the previous wave and he failed your honor, please pass, pass judgment here. Well, Scott William Bass Esquire. Um, I would first like to start off by saying I'm a little disappointed to see you in my courtroom two times in two weeks. Okay. So it seems to be, (laughs) it seems to be whether in the parking lot or the lineup that you find yourself in enough situations that require your appearance here today. That being said, I'm going to have to side with you on this one today. Um, Now, this is certainly a gray area. And as we've discussed in previous shows, Lots of different people are going through lots of different rites of passage as they find their way into surfing now through the ultimate surfer, lots of other means, the Olympics. And so that guy, for whatever reason, did not get the same grooming and potentially hazing that you got when you were young coming up. So because it's gray, it's going to require communication. So you, as that third person in line, need to kind of make a decision of, do you want to engage this guy in a conversation or do you want to just let that third wave go? And then you get in line next and you go on the next one. And I think you are fully justified and within your right to go on that wave, but you'd have to expect to have to explain it to him after the fact as well. Yeah. And so full disclosure, um, we did have a discussion and at the end of the day, I just felt bad about it. Like I felt bad that, there was conflict over a three foot wave. Like what I should have done in retrospect is just passed and not, you know, but my ego got involved, yeah. you know, like there was, and that's where I'm, I'm supposed to be growing your honor. And you actually bring up something really important, which is I'm in your courtroom again. And <laughs> I need to kind of look at myself. I shouldn't be in your courtroom so often. And so there is some truth uh, to that. There... I need to. And so I did apologize to the guy for just, the situation, you know, for, but did you explain your side? I, yeah, I did. I go, dude, you, you paddled for the wave and you missed it. So you're out. You're, you know, like it's my turn. I'm perfect. Next. And what did he say? Um, did he agree or did he agree with it? No, he kind of, I forget exactly what he said to be honest with you, but he's, he's also so heated and also his ego's involved. So he probably yeah. wouldn't acquiesce anyways. He'd probably be like, what are you even talking about? I didn't stand up on a wave, you know? Yeah, it was kind of, it was like, I think it was like, I don't really remember. I don't want to say he said I was on the inside or anything. I, it was just lame. But eventually, you know, we made up and surfed together and talked about each other's surfboards or whatever. And then eventually I 
I apologize because it was eating at my conscience and I just can't be that guy. It's just stupid. Yeah. Like I'm still 15 years old on occasion. I, I, I fall to the, uh, like I said, my ego gets involved and it's sad, but, but it is, it is a learning opportunity for me and there is growth there. And, and I, for the courtroom. Yeah. Learning opportunity for the whole courtroom. Good for the court. Um, for the listeners. Uh, my question, I guess, after all these years of having similar discussions with you, <laughs> Wait a is, minute. Okay. is there a way yeah. to um, do what you did, like actually live by the rules that we've kind of mandated or that we think are mandated and to also communicate to these person, people that we're having conflicts with and not feel the internal angst that you're going through. The internal angst is related to, I think, the not knowing if you're right or wrong, but I feel like there's gotta be a way to not, like if the only two options are get in a confrontation and feel terrible or avoid the confrontation altogether, I don't think those are the only two options. I think there's got to be a way to engage in the confrontation in a way that's productive and not let it erode your kind of spirit. I, I agree with you. And I think the way to do that would be to, when the initial uh, confrontation presents itself, you have to acquiesce and let the guy get the next wave. When he comes back out, start a very, um, you know, in, a, in the right spirit, start a discussion about, hey, let me ask you a question. <laughs> like, that was an interesting situation that just went down. And I just want to give you my take on it. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, like, fill me in. Like, and you kind of put it on him. You ask for their advice. Yeah. I need some advice on this. And you kind of take that tact. And I'm already probably, so annoyed. Yeah, you're like, dude, I'm not, yeah. Like, that's my point. Like, it, yeah. I don't know. I almost feel like. Here's the well, other interesting thing. Let me just throw this in. The other guy, they were, they were buddies, and the other guy had his son out surfing with him. He was, his son was like nine years old. Yeah. Hot little surfer kid, all stoked and psyched, you know. And so I'm wondering if somehow the, the message got relayed, like what went down. Like what, I'm interested in what, like if somehow maybe there was some positive impact. That'd be nice. Who knows? Um, I think a you'd have to be super clear-minded in the moment, but what could have happened is when the wave that were the confrontational wave comes, he's deeper than you, you paddling kind of at him trying to get the wave. You can even say, whoa, 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 what do you, you missed the previous wave. I'm going like in the heat of battle with your head down, just be right. like, whoa, whoa, you missed the other one. I'm going on this one and get up and go there. Therefore, He's confused, but as at least while he's getting up, he knows that you have a reason that you're doing what you're doing. He still might not agree with it, but you're going to ride that wave to the end anyways. And now he knows why. And he can confront you when he comes, <laughs> when you paddle back out, you're not into it. No, no. I was just thinking about thinking it through. I, I know that my, you know, when that went down, my thing was, I'm going to, I'm going to fade this guy so hard right, right here because, <laughs> because to get my point across, I need to fade him. Yeah. You know, like, dude, no, you know, like, let's yeah. have this call. Let's have this talk. But again, the whole thing is so surfers are the worst. It's so 15 years old. It's so lame. And it's really why I don't enjoy surfing as much anymore is because my ego gets in the way of 
me having a good time. I was out the other day and, and I took the total opposite tact, you know, like I was just in the right frame of mind where I'm like, I'm going to say hello to everybody. Yeah. yeah. I want to welcome, I'm going to, I just want to be nice, you know? And it was like amazing. Uh, You know, we've had that talk too. And then you had a blast, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally true. And the old, at the end of the day, that, that day, you're probably never going to do that end section re-entry that you just sent me. Like you're never going to live up to your best surfing on that day because to live up to your best surfing, you really kind of have to have your game face on. And even just once you're up and riding, you have to be kind of like on the, on the aggressive kind of headspace. And so you're never going to have your best surfing, but you will enjoy it a lot more. It's a real man. Yeah. And I take it a little further and say that my best days of surfing moving forward happened between my ears. There you go. It's not going to happen on the wave. You already answered your question. Wow. From the scales of justice to like, I feel like I'm at self-realization fellowship right now. Exactly. Some yoga Honda going down. Well, I'm glad we got that sorted. I think that's a, that's a very applicable topic. Um, did you watch any of the ultimate surfer? Hell no. Today they did a floater competition. <laughs> this is not a joke. I think I won on that clip that I sent you. That was a better floater. Huh? This is not a joke. Floater the entire time. episode was focused on who could do the best floater. Oh man. I mean, how does that go down? Do they all get it? The producers get in a room and they go, okay, look on today's episode. Let's, what do you guys think? Should we do a floater competition or <laughs> it's unbelievable, dude. It's unbelievable. You cannot script this. It's that bad. It's like, you cannot script this. <laughs> that was a good take. That was a good little pun. Did you, kind of did you see, did you see the um, clip I posted of Joe Turpel? No, I haven't okay. seen any. So Joe, I just posted a couple hours. Joe's explaining to the audience what a floater is. And he goes, a good floater lingers briefly on the lip. Just like the first kiss from a hesitant lover. (laughs) This is not a joke. No, isn't that what Martin Potter said? I thought I saw somewhere Potter said that. Is that what Joe said? This was to... Last night's episode of The Ultimate Surfer, I filmed him saying it. I put it on Instagram. Okay. okay. A good floater lingers on the lip briefly, just like the first kiss from a hesitant lover. So first of all, that's cancelable. <laughs> Kissing a hesitant lover is not what you want to be doing in 2021. And secondly, oh it's the cheesiest, the <laughs> cheesiest bit of dialogue. And honestly, I think it was kind of a joke, you know, but it was scripted. I don't think that Joe just made that up. I think they scripted it and handed it to him. And Joe was probably like, oh, if this is what you want me to say, I'll say it. You know, maybe he did five different takes of different things. And that's the one that they used. But I'm I'm like thinking if we all say this show is cheesy, if that doesn't exemplify the cheesiness of the show, making a really, first of all, off color, cancelable remark that is not even funny. And then the tone is all mixed up. like. Is it, or is it now a comedy? Cause I thought it was a reality show. Like the joke doesn't quite land. It's just, it's atrocious. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not watching it. And it's no uh, disrespect to any of those guys. I'm just not into that show. Did you watch surf 100? I actually have been watching that. Um, you're watching it in bits, bits and pieces. Yeah. I watched, I think I watched the first episode. It's, it's a and full I watched 100 second episode. 
It's not episodic. Oh no, it's no, full... I'm not. No, no, no. I'm talking. I'm thinking about the HBO thing with Garrett. Sorry, oh. you're talking about Stab. You're talking about That's Stab. Weirdly, they both have 100 in the title. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you I do like. A, yeah, you do like a yeah. hundred foot wave. Yeah, I'm enjoying it for sure. I'm really intrigued by this. I didn't know about the Irish guys. The story, the Irish guys' storyline is really fascinating to me. I'm interviewing, interviewing Andrew Cotton. Oh, good. I'm a big yeah. fan of his. That's a big, cool. Yeah, big ahead. big fan of his, and also um, part of his storyline, as you'll see, kind of by the final episode, is that he's over. He's always overshadowed by more uh, boisterous characters. It's like he's there doing exactly what everybody else is doing, but he's so quiet and humble that the camera just kind of pans over to Garrett because Garrett's going like this, you know? And it's like, but Andrew's sitting there like quiet and mild-mannered and like soft-spoken doing the same thing, you know? And they just, the camera just goes, eh, that guy's moving his hands more. Let's look at him. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a um, big fan. That's a cool show. I'm, I'm really intrigued by it. So episode three, I think, is when you'll really start to enjoy. I thought episode one and two were good and it was background stuff that was interesting. But by episode three, it was like all bunch of new stuff that I had never even seen or heard before. You know what it makes me realize, and you and I've talked about this before, but there's so because we're so inundated with the sort of topical, top level, um, you know, surf media via social media, like we just see a little bit like we say, oh, oh, look at Andrew Cotton on that wave. OK, great. You know, and you just click through it. And you say, oh, look at Gary. That's a big wave. And you just kind of click through the stuff over the years, you know, you just swipe through it on your phone and you miss these really important in-depth things. And I, that's why I think this format's really good for any documentary format's really good to, to kind of un, uncover some of this cool stuff that, you know, I didn't know about that. That is really the good stuff, you know, like exactly the, the inner story. A lot of it is um, sur very surf specific too. It wasn't just like, getting into Garrett's background. Actually, that was all very interesting too. He was raised in a cult. His mom ended up following a cult leader. And so, yeah, that was very interesting, but there was a bunch of surf specific stuff that just surfer magazine didn't cover, you know, or our other outlets before Instagram, even they weren't covering. So no, there was definitely like, I, well, look, I can't speak for surfer editorial, but, but I think in general, there was definitely because Garrett was like, he sort of had a like, a, for lack of a better phrase, kind of like a, hey, look at me. Please look at me. You know, yeah. like that everyone didn't look at him. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how and, I felt. Yeah. I think everyone kind of felt that way that, he, you know, like, no, you know, we're not going to look at you stand up paddle 12 foot pipe. You know, right. like, no. Yeah. And, yeah. It's funny the way that we are as surfers, you know, like, but, there is but I know Garrett and I've hung out with Garrett and he's a super cool guy. Like he's a very, and he's intense obviously, but he's, he's really fun guy to hang out with. He's a cool totally. guy. Totally. He's very honest. He's a very honest yeah. guy. Totally. Yeah. Likeable in every single way. Yeah. It's totally. just weird. It's just yeah. totally weird. And now he's got the biggest kind of um, the most visible probably bit of surf content. I mean, I'm stoked out of anybody. For him. It took I'm, him till he's I'm, in his I'm 50s, sincerely but. stoked for him. I, I am. I think. Uh, well, speaking of documentaries, one just dropped twelve within the last twelve hours. So I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I'm very excited to watch it. It's produced by Red Bull, and it's a documentary on Idolo Ferreira. And um, a little clip or a little um, excerpt from an interview that Stab Magazine did with the documentary filmmaker 
I'll look up her name in a second, but she said, you see people on camera and you see their social media and it's uh, a certain image that they are portraying. And I do think Idolo is that person that everybody sees, which is positive, high energy, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. And below the water, there's layers and layers of things with Idolo. He's very guarded. And I think that's why this film came out the way that it did, because the only people he lets in are his closest friends and family, and they're the ones that really drive his story. So it's just like you see him, he's really extroverted, but he's also really introverted, which I think is super interesting. And what she's referring to is the documentary is told through a lot of the lens of the people around him, you know, they do interview Idolo as well, but they're interviewing his close inner circle. So it's a 45 minute documentary um, produced by Red Bull that I am looking forward to watching. Yeah, me too. Thanks for bringing that up. That's going to be, I'm a huge fan as we all are. It's hard not to be a fan of his. He's such a, seems like such a fun loving guy. Um, surf 100 was the Mexico surf contest that was took place during a free surf. That was a hundred minutes between produced by stab magazine between uh, Mason Ho, Michael February and Dane Reynolds. It aired last Thursday night, but it was filmed about a month ago. Did you watch that? No, I apologize to you and to stab magazine. Cause I want to watch it, but I'm just a little bit too busy. Me too. Right now to, I would, to spend time on it. Thursday I was, doing a bunch of actual podcast editing. And so I didn't, yeah, I knew it was on. I just didn't have the time to watch it because I had to finish it that night. But um, I started watching a bit of the contest yesterday. We already, they've already advertised that Mason Ho wins. Um, so I don't mind spoiling that, but the improvement, I don't know if it's actually an improvement, but the change on this Surf 100 versus others was that they have the surfers ride two boards. They say ride one kind of high performance thruster, and then you can bring whatever else you want. So Mason Ho brought the morning of the earth board that he rode in the electric acid surfboard test and that he selected as the winner. Michael February sponsored by Channel Island. So he was riding the two happy, which I have sitting right behind me. And then he was also riding the twin pin, the new rounded twin pin. Yeah. Um, and then Dane Reynolds was riding, I forget which shortboard, it might've been a too happy. And then also a hand shape that he made. I guess he, he was working with Brit, but he's been shaping a bit over the years. I think he started seven years ago or something. And so he actually shaped this particular board that he's riding in the event. So I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah, no, it is interesting. And like I said, I, I look forward to watching some of the clips. I just, I've just been behind the eight ball a little bit. Here's my question for you. Yeah. Are you exhausted from watching Mexico? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it's kind of. Between the electric acid surfboard test, we watched four episodes of that four weeks in a row. Then the CT event ran there. We watched tons of footage, eight hours a day of that for three days. And now they're doing this to us. And they posted a bunch of free surf clips out of there. You know, it's kind of like, all right, I'll watch this one last thing, but let's go. Let's go to a uh, French Polynesia. Let's go to a island atoll. Yeah, uh, you bring up a good point. Like everything gets a little bit, we get a little jaded with the same old stuff and we want a fresh approach, you know, like to see soup bowls and Barbados or wherever, you, you know, like maybe, you know, who knows? There's a bunch of cool spots that they could do it at, so. 
Let's just mix it up. Enough right hand point breaks for now. Uh, yeah. Left barreling reef breaks. Do you have must see moment? Duke Kook, do you want to advertise the boardroom show? Well, yeah, the boardroom show, we've got a full house and we're excited about the boardroom show. I'm working on the schedule for the boardroom talks. So we'll have some great seminars, panel discussions hosted by Chris Morrow. And um, look, you can get tickets by going to boardroomshow.com. And of course, boardroom show September 25 and 26 presented by US Blanks. And it's going to be a crazy cool show. And uh, I'm, I'm at that point where I'm starting to put... Uh, sprinkles and cherries on top of the whipped cream you know it's get, getting all the finishing touches on it so it's cool fantastic cannot wait um my so i'll be there we should re-hit it we did it at the beginning of the show but i'll be there i have a booth right next to need essentials booth and its sole purpose of my booth is to sell merch so if you want spit adios and aloha teas surf splendor tees, whatever, swing by the booth. We've got a card reader and uh, we'll get you dialed in. And then NVS Fins, who's a longtime sponsor of our podcast here there, we're going to have some of their fins in the booth as well. So you can check those out. If you've always wondered what we're talking about when we talk about high quality construction, fine foils, and then of course, neat essentials with wetsuits and outerwear will be the adjacent booth. So come check it. Cool, man. Well, that's going to be good. Boardroom show. Yeah, buddy. Boardroomshow.com. And then my must-see moment. I just stumbled upon this morning. Uh, it is a nine-year-old surfer getting shacked out of his mind at Puerto Escondido. Are, did you see this yet? No, I haven't seen this. Sounds cool. His kid's name is Kalama Stratton. Kalama hmm. Jedediah Stratton. He's a local at Puerto Escondido. And his dad pushes him into... I'd say a six footer. It's a solid day. They show the clip, not the clip that I posted, but on the kid's account, they show clips of them just paddling over a couple of waves. And those waves are legit, you know, eight yeah. footers. Oh, yeah. And the dad's with the kid. He's the kid's got a life vest on. So the dad's with him the whole time. But then a six foot right comes in and the dad paddles in with him and pushes him. Kid drops in, comes off the bottom takes the high line and like at, it starts barreling and drops down to the bottom and gets spit out of the thing. And um, I'm watching it right now. <laughs> he gets sucked over the falls because he has a life vest on, you know, it's like he comes out with the spit and it's kind of a closeout section, but I have a feeling the life vest didn't do him any favors in that particular moment. No doubt. But that's pretty cool. Solid is that nine years old, dude. Yeah. It's pretty sick. Kalama Stratton. Yeah. Solid name too, Kalama. Yeah. Um, Thinking about then, names, are you? <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, Go to Home Depot. You'll find a name. Oh, yeah? Where do you look at people's little tool section. name tags? Okay. Right, go to the tool section. Start picking up tools. Makita? Well, Milwaukee? No, no, not name brands. Like, you know. Hammer? Like jigsaw. <laughs> you know, like. Oh, wow. I've never heard this advice yeah. before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good to know. Pickle hammer. Um, <laughs> pickle hammer. Um, my Duke. Actually, before I get to Duke, filmmaker. I would, these guys were in the running for Duke, but they got ousted. They're the yeah. filmmakers um, who just donated $25,000 to the Outrigger Duke Kahanamoku Foundation. And it sounds benevolent, right? 
I don't think it really was. I think it was more self-serving because they're also producing, I said they're filmmakers. They're actually making a documentary about Duke Kahanamoku. And that is the story here. Um, I watched the trailer for it. It's called Waterman. Yes. There was a book by David Davies five years ago called Waterman. Yes. And Dave, David Davies is not a surfer. He took, he's a academic kind of, and he took a yeah. very academic approach to that book. Yeah. But these guys are basing a film on it. They got Jason Momoa to narrate it. They mm -hmm. shot some really killer footage of mm -hmm. a lookalike, a Duke lookalike mm -hmm. surfing on a replica board. Um, it, the film looks really incredible. They interviewed yeah. everybody from Kelly I've heard Sater really good. I've members. heard really good things about this film. I want to see okay. this film. Cool. And just so you know, um, in relation to Duke, one of our seminars is sort of based on the fact that the movie's coming out and it's called... Um, I'm going to butcher it, but it's basically, bear with me here, stand by, pulling it up. Okay, here it is, David. Thanks for bearing with me. It's called Duke, the Moana Hotel and George Freeth. Interesting. A look, a look into pre-World War II surf history, which is a big chunk of that is Duke Hanamoku. So um, the idea being, look, we know a lot about surf history, but um, maybe one area that's kind of been uh, maybe not delved into deeply enough is what happened pre-World War II. So interesting. Yeah, that should be a good seminar. Well, from watching the trailer, it gave life to Duke. You know, like not only do they have a bunch of archival footage, but the reenactments also gave a certain humanity and added personality that uh, was fresh to me. So I'm, I'm curious to see it. So. Yeah, you know, Matt Warshaw did, I'm sure you saw his Sunday, what does he call those things? Sunday posts or whatever? Joint. Yeah, Sunday joint. And I'm sure you saw the one that he did I probably half a year ago about the Kahanamoku brothers, like leave Duke out of it. And he just did a sort of a take on, I think there were six or seven other brothers and what their lives were all like. And it was pretty fascinating. And I'm sure there's some good deep dives there that need to be done documentary wise. Yeah, fascinating. Um, I'm kind of surprised that it took this long to see a Duke doc. I mean, there's been other ones I'm sure, but this is kind of like a full, full budget done. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so my actual Duke this week is Gabriel Medina, believe it or Whoa. not. All right. I know. I know. We'll be in, a kook next week. So this makes sense. Well, in light of paddle battles, scales of justice, hassling Gabriel Medina yesterday, pushed a young Finn McCarty into a wave at lowers. You see Gabe battling it out with the crowds in a couple of clips, and then you see him paddling hard for what looks like he's going to go on a left. And instead he jams, I, I don't know if Finn is 12 or 13, but he jams this kid into the wave instead. And Finn goes right on it and kind of rips the thing actually with a bunch of backside turns. But I was like, look at Gabe giving one up to the kid. And it wasn't like, oh, this is a rip curl team rider that's coming up or anything like that. It was yeah. just seemed like just a good hearted gesture. All right. I hope it was. That sounds cool. Skeptical of Gabe's good heartedness. No, 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 no. Um, I mean, the video doesn't lie. I'm sure, it's really cool. Um, my kook of the week yes. is Firewire Sports. Are you mm. familiar with Firewire Sports? No. It almost sounds familiar, right? And that's what they wanted you to think, Scott, is because this was a fake account that was set up 
uh, with doing a lot of social media advertising to direct you to their website where they were going to sell you Firewire and other brand surfboards for $80. Turns out they had no such surfboards and they would only collect your money and never deliver you anything. And so this is a complete sham. We feel like this has popped up. It pops up every two years or something, but we start getting DMs and messages from listeners going, hey, this looks like a scam. So of course, before long, somebody reaches out to Firewire Surfboard's own CEO, Mark Price, and is like, hey, Mark. And Mark's like, yeah, we're trying to shut this thing down. So apparently uh, all of the sales were linked to a PayPal account for somebody named Harbin Lushershang Trading Company out of China with servers and registration in the US and the Facebook account, of course, is Firewire Sports. But for any of our listeners, the account's now been shut down, but for any of our listeners who see this stuff in the past, you are not gonna be able to buy Firewire Surfboards or any other brand for under $100. And uh, you will quickly be separated from your hard-earned money. Okay, well, duly noted. Take note, folks. Kooks. Yes, sir. Well, David, Another great show, if I may say so. Um, listen, we've got a listener line. How's that going? Are we getting some calls? Yeah, I, um, I'm a little bit behind on the listener line, if I'm going to be oh. honest with you. Do you want me to give uh, out the number or no? Yeah, I'm trying to even look for the number right now. Yes, the number is 760-237-0150. So there was a couple scales of justice offerings this week. Those could yeah. have come through on the listener line. Call them in and we'll just embed your call. You can use your own voice. Yeah, we want to hear. Yeah, exactly. Don't email us. Don't DM us. In fact, us. it really works good if you call in as a prosecutor. I will defend and you will be the judge. See, it's really a three-person deal. I so like you can it. either call in as a prosecutor or a defense attorney, and I'll take the other side of the equation for the sake of the segment, and then David will be our judge of metting out justice, as the only guy with the last name Scales could do. <laughs> the telephone number is 760-237-0150. David, until next time, adios and aloha t-shirts for sale. <laughs>
hot pursuit and fiery auto crashes. Some will die in hot pursuit while sifting through my ashes. Some will fall in love with life and drink it from a fountain that is pouring like an avalanche coming down the mountain. I don't mind the sun sometimes, the images it shows. I can taste you on my lips and smell you in my clothes. Cinnamon and sugar. Shows. I can taste you on my lips and smell you in my 